From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. or 1980s in the Bay Area, then you probably remember this theme music. I could be in huge trouble with my parents. No The A-Team, no Knight Rider, you're going to bed early, but I'd still get to sit down and watch Evening Magazine with my family at 7.30 p.m. It was a local TV news magazine before anyone called it that. Back when there were only six or seven channels, Evening was the Food Network, Comedy Central, the Science Channel... The X Games all rolled into one. There were multiple hosts, but for the longest run from 1979 to 1990, it was Jan Yanahiro and Richard Hart. Jan and Richard were never a couple, but everyone thought they were married. Here they are talking about Richard's interaction with a fan who mistook Wendy Takuda, another legendary local Asian-American broadcaster, for Jan. They thought we were married. Well, I got to tell you something, a really weird story. Wendy Takuda was anchoring news at the station. With Dave McElhaney. With Dave McElhaney. A couple of years when we were doing Evening Magazine, and Wendy and Dave were doing the news. So Wendy just had a baby, okay? And everybody who watched the show or the newscast knew that Wendy had a baby. My wife and I got into an elevator at a parking garage in San Francisco about two or three days later. And we're in this elevator with another couple. And (laughs) this woman turns to me and says, Congratulations on your new baby. Well, that was that jumped three sharks. <laughs> They're like, but yeah. Jan, it's Wendy. Yeah. What, this, yeah. but, <laughs> this is Cheryl, your wife. Yeah. But many, you're right. Many people thought we were married. And Richard, you had a great line when you would say, "Yes, we are married." On TV. So the first really cool thing: nearly 30 years after their evening partnership ended, Jan and Richard are still working together. Jan's a director of the School of Communications and Media Technologies at the Academy of Art University, where Richard works as a professor. Second cool thing, they're not frozen in amber talking about the old days. Evening was an innovative show, and Jan and Richard are still focused on new technologies and the future of journalism. I love how the discussion on this episode moved past nostalgia and into the news and where journalism is going. Jan and Richard coming up, we're your concierge for culture in the Bay Area. I'm Peter Hartlob, and this is The Big Event. Jan Yanahiro and Richard Hart, welcome to The Big Event. I am, I am so glad you guys are here. We're um, glad to be here. Yeah, we loved our tour, thank you very much, Peter, of The Chronicle, because we remember we were there in the 80s, and I remember doing a story about the people of The Chronicle, and when you were big time, when The Chronicle was big time in we're the 80s. Big time, still, okay, so, we're still big time, Jan. We're still big time, Jan. Okay, Peter. So we're on the rise. So back, back then, we did a show about The Chronicle, and now The Chronicle is doing a show about us. Ooh, oh, there it you all go. comes around. Yes, it all comes yes, around. Yes, yes. Okay, Peter. 
Shoot, whatever questions you would like to ask, we're here for well, I, you. Well, I got to start by your journalism professors, and we're going to talk about journalism as well. We're not just going to talk about the past. We're going to talk about the present. But I need to, because you're journalism professors, I need to identify my biases. And <laughs> okay. I, I would I would like take a bullet for you guys. I don't want to say my childhood because you guys look around my age now, and it's probably an insult. Oh, but... no, 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 no. We you never can get say that. You, no. can, you can say you grew up watching us when you were a child, and now people are saying, you you know, my grandmother. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Oh, no. Ask, yeah, but, people, but, people walk up to me and I say, well, what were you, like four years old? And they or, say yes. yes. They say yes. And, you know, but I want to tell you, we're really, really honored that people remember and that people watch. And they come up to us and say, we loved your show. We watched you. That means a lot. Just want to tell you. So thank you, Peter. And it's good to see that you are changing with journalism. Yeah, um, I did not think I was going to be, we're in the basement right now, and regular big event listeners know uh, this is set in the archive of the Chronicle, which is super, super old, and even though it looks kind of like a dentist's office, it's got photos going back to 1915, and I was telling Richard on the way in, you know, I, your students have a leg up on me because I've had to learn all of this stuff later in life. And I had to figure out how to use this mixing board. I produce and edit this podcast myself. All the broadcast classes that you guys are teaching, the multimedia classes that I should have taken, I didn't take. I thought I was going to be a print journalist my whole life. And you are. And you are a print journalist, but you're also an electronic yeah. journalist. So, yeah. hey. You're, Self-taught. You're in, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're, we're impressed. I remember the last time I talked to you, I did a story on you guys about eight, 10 years ago. And I came in thinking it was sort of almost like a nostalgia piece. But what surprised me was, is the more I talked to you, the more I realized that Evening Magazine, your show that started, you guys were, Jan, you were 76 to 90, Right, correct? so we did the pilots in 1975, and we went on the air in 1976, and we ran, and I was, you know, happy to be the host for, um, to the end, which was December 1990, yeah. and Richard and I became partners in 1979. So Local News Magazine, this was a super innovative show at the time. Well, it was a long list of firsts, but principally the first television, regular television broadcast to be um, recorded entirely outside of a studio. On video. Yeah. On video. And, yeah. and people were, other other departments and news in at Channel 5 KPRX, they were using film. And everybody else around the country were using film. And the significance of the show we did, Evening Magazine, was that we were the first show, and Richard is right, outside of the studio to use video. Ten years ago, television history was made when Evening Magazine first went into the field and on the air. The magazine format was born. This unique show would be shot entirely on location in a style both entertaining and informative. Minicam technology was brand new. Practically every time an evening crew went on location, it would be a first. Good evening. I'm Gian Yanahiro, and this is Eric Smith and Steve Fox. Welcome to Evening. Since this is our first show, we'd like to tell you a little bit about Evening. Do you remember, Jan, I mean, this turned out to be one of the most successful local shows in history in the Bay Area. What kind of chances did they give you? Were the, were the prospects really high for oh, Evening eight Magazine? eight weeks. They said we would survive <laughs> eight weeks. Not even, you know, like, you know, we'll give you a chance for a year or six months. Eight weeks. Yeah. They, they said that the variety, the Hollywood variety said, 
a boat experiment going on in San Francisco, um, eight weeks to survive. And I went, oh, this is called job security. But you know, <laughs> here, but but you know, but look what happened. I mean, you know, I got to be on the show as host to the end of 1990, and and so for me, it was a huge run. It was like 15 year run, and that's unheard of. It was like um, a startup, is what it was. It was like you're a, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it you're was right, like a tech Richard. startup. Yeah. yeah. So tell me it was what like, it, like YouTube. <laughs> of its day. What was it like? I mean, day to day. I don't remember a studio. Boy, it was rough. It was 12, 14 hour days. Yeah. Oh, at least. And, and you know, 60, 80 hour weeks were normal. Yeah. We said that um, being on Evening Magazine and working, it was like being in finals all the time because somebody would bring in pizza at 2 a.m. in the morning because you had to finish editing that story. And the editing would break down and the tapes would get spliced and, and videos would be lost. And, you know, I remember we would shoot video and, you know, it's the early days. And instead of color, it came back black and white. So we, we decided it was going to be a black and white story, you know, and we put that old time music. I mean, so you had to really sort of innovate, innovate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, in a way, we we're the first reality show. True. And, and that's, you know, we, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't want to say that and we didn't want to hear that. But people then look back and say, oh, you're the first reality show. You're the first entertainment show. Um, you know, because we did all that, but we didn't know it at the time, Peter. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now who are in that uh, same situation, you don't realize, it's like that Carol King song, these are the good old days. You don't know you're in the good old days when you're in them. Yeah. And you should just think and appreciate for anybody who is doing something innovative and not hopeful about the outcome, these are the good old days, like you, what you're doing here. Yeah. So start appreciating, Peter. You're in the good <laughs> so, old days right now. I hope you appreciate all this stuff. The drill, let me tell you just very briefly, the drill for us was um, we had to have a half-hour, highly produced show on the air every day, yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and this week after week after week. And to do that, you had to compress things like the welcome to the show and the close to the show, what we call the wraparounds, where we appear on camera and introduce stories. We generally did those in one day. And we had to know what the stories were that we were intro introducing because some of the stories weren't shot yet. So every week was Jan would Wait, go don't out. don't tell everybody some of the stories weren't well. shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's true, however. Yeah. Jan would go out and do two or three stories. She'd do interviewing. She'd um, go climb an ice waterfall someplace. <laughs> and she'd go interview a celebrity. And I'd go out and I'd do three or four stories, too. And then during the week, we'd all sort of... Um, put those together into, well, let's put this one on Monday and these two on Tuesday and then introduce them. And if you can imagine doing what that works out to, like almost five hours of television a week that way, running uh -huh. around, it was, it was really stressful. But, you but, know, we were young and optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm how, how, how young were you when you were hired, Jan? I was 28. And I'm 70 today, this year. I'm oh, 70 right here, yeah. Peter. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of it. Can you tell? Yeah. Can you tell? And she hasn't changed a bit. Oh, no, I mean, but, and I think that we've got to be proud of that, that, you know, we've, we've survived this long in the business and, and we're, now we get to teach yeah. the next generation about broadcasting and podcasting and, and good journalism and good writing. And, and, but, you know, I, I say my age and I've always said my age because Every year, Richard and I would celebrate our ages on television. Uh -huh. And I remember when I was 40 and pregnant, 
you know, Richard came out with this cake. He gave me an apron that said, I'd rather be 40 than pregnant. Well, I was both. <laughs> but we always made jokes, yeah. and we, we, we and, always and, celebrated our birthdays. And, and Jan is a, um, a chocolate connoisseur. I almost said uh, aficionado, but she is a connoisseur. Yeah. And, um, but we also did a lot of stuff. Uh, she also likes, uh, obviously, sushi and Asian food. And so for one birthday, I had somebody make chocolate-covered sushi for her. True. Uh-huh. And Absolutely she actually true. enjoyed it. I ate it. I loved it. It was delicious. <laughs> and, and then one birthday I had for you, because Richard is a pilot. Uh-huh. And, you know, he was, gonna, he was on the short list to be the first journalist in space. So I, I had a cake yeah. made into uh, an airplane uh, a cake made into the shape of an airplane and gave it to him on his birthday and um, to, to celebrate because he is a real pilot and he flew us around many times. Uh, actually, the flew the cruise around yes. to locations. And, and I'll tell you one thing about Jan, whether it's a single-engine private plane or a commercial airliner, <laughs> Halfway down the runway, she's asleep. I'm asleep. Boom. <laughs> just, Richard is piloting. She just goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, okay, I'm asleep. And it's then, weird. Yeah. So we um, had some great times that, that you know, we the good news is we get to remember them with people like you, Peter, and that's that's a joy. I gotta tell you, like this is so much fun for me because you guys are completing your sentences, <laughs> each other's sentences. Well, <laughs> that's what we do. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you you know, you, you say that to us, but we don't notice that. Was it always that way? And I want to start by saying, I mean, everybody who watched the TV thought you guys were a couple. Yeah, and they thought we were married. Well, I got to tell you something, a really weird story. Wendy Takuda was anchoring news at the station. With Dave McElhaney. With Dave McElhaney, yeah. a couple of years. when We were doing Evening Magazine, yeah. and Wendy and Dave were doing the news. So Wendy just had a baby, okay? And everybody who watched the show or the newscast knew that Wendy had a baby. My wife and I got into an elevator at a parking garage in San Francisco about two or three days later. And we're in this elevator with another couple. And this woman turns to me and says, congratulations on your new baby. Well, that was, that jumped three sharks. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, but Jan, it's Wendy. This this is Cheryl, your wife. (laughs) But many, you're right, many people thought we were married. And Richard, you had a great line when you would say, yes, we are married. On TV, Fair and nice. we we were um, worked so much together live when it, unscripted, and when you do it unscripted that long, you get to learn the other person's patterns, thought patterns, speech pattern, and everything else, and you just learn when it's time for you to finish the sentence and say something else. Yeah, and jump in. Now you're making us really self-conscious that you say that we finish each other's sentences. Yeah, now we're not going to do it anymore. Well, because I've never noticed that. I mean, I don't. I, we don't consciously. No. I've never noticed that. Did you have a really good rapport from the beginning? Yeah, I mostly, one of the reasons was because Jan called me by not my name on the first show. Mm. And we started laughing about everything we did. We did a lot of laughing. And, and as you can tell from the photographs here, we're always laughing in the pictures. Um, there was an actor at the time. Oh, yes. He was, he was in Streets of San Francisco. Peter, this is a little <laughs> trivia question for you, Mr. Pop Culture. Okay. San Francisco, um, it, was, um, right, it was based here. And, and Michael it, Douglas started it. And there was a young, handsome actor named... Richard Hatch? Yes. Yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 So I interviewed Richard Hatch. I thought he was dreamy as all hack. Uh-huh. And so now it's time for me to introduce my partner, Richard Hart, and I called him Richard Hatch. Oh, yeah. And, 
and that and that started it. Um, we would not only finish each, each other's lines, we would feed each other lines, and yeah. we would um, sort of um, uh, make each other laugh. Um, occasionally, Jan would throw Indian clubs at me in a juggling routine. <laughs> um, but it, it all was, you know, looking back there, that's a show that I think Jan might agree I could never do alone. This is the main street of Niles, California. Now, Niles is about 40 minutes from San Francisco. It's here in the East Bay. It's right next to Hayward, and it's part of the Fremont community. You know, earlier in tonight's show, Joe and Jennifer Montana took us to the newest film studios in Florida. Niles is where Hollywood really began. It all started in 1912 when a gentleman... I could never have done that without her. Yeah. You just It's not the kind of thing you do as a single person on camera. You just can't do that. And the, and the other thing is that, you know... I, I'm grateful that, that Richard and I found each other and, and to have been partners for more than 10 years on television. It's rare that you find somebody that you can have a television show every day you're on the air together and be friends. And see, look at us. We are still friends from 1979 when we were paired up. And this is 2018. And no gossip magazine has ever had a story about our fight. <laughs> but, what, what's the worst fight you ever got in? Oh gosh, um, I don't remember. I don't. I don't, I don't think we have been. Um, gosh, that's a good question, Peter. <laughs> um, our first trip to Japan, I wore this stupid hat, and Jan told me to take it off, what and hat, I did. What hat it was, was it? It was that Western hat, that cowboy hat. Oh, you, thing. oh yeah, yeah, to Japan. No. Yeah. No. Jan said no, no, no. no. But, but that's we, about as close as we got. But to, speaking yeah. of Japan, you know, Peter, we traveled. You always had that line that we traveled more with each other than we did with our own spouses. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true, because we went all over the world, and how lucky were we to go all over the world? Um, Japan, you mentioned. Um, we have photos of you. You're at the Kremlin. We're at the. Yeah. We were there. We were in yeah. Russia. We were uh, um, we China. We went to China twice. Yes. Um, we went to, um, well, every, Europe, every place. I mean, France, England, Spain. We, we traveled through Mexico. Europe. Mexico. Um, Australia. Hawaii, of course. Oh, many times. Jan's, my uh, homeland. Uh -huh. homeland so. She has her second home. Well, which one is your second home, San Francisco or Hawaii? I like them, I like them both. They're okay. equal. Yeah, um, so we did travel a whole yeah, bunch. One other thing is that we have different personalities, and the producers recognize that. Jan is the consummate interviewer, and I like to say that within minutes of meeting anybody, she knew their passwords. She knew their preferred method of birth control. <laughs> um, they would confess. People just confess to Jan anything. She gets them to say anything, and yeah. that was her. I, can, I can't do that, but that's what she did really well. So, so I got to do one of those really sort of softer interviews that you can really get into involved in, and I and I loved them, I, and because I think that I was always so curious, and still am, so curious about people. I'd but, like to hear a couple of your favorites, um, and Jan, I got to mention you interviewed Jerry Garcia. It's yes. actually in the newest. Uh, I don't know if you saw the newest Grateful Dead documentary, but your voice is in it. From I, that did interview. That. It, I did not know that. I did not know that. Long strange trip. It's four hours long, so you got to yeah. wait for it. It's actually a very good documentary. A um, couple memories, if you can share, just the people that you interviewed, because you interviewed some huge, huge names. Yeah, and we, we, there, there are two opera singers that you and I interviewed. 
I had the better. And you I had, had the, the good guy. Uh, I had the good guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had Placido Domingo, and he was so charming, so lovely. He took my hand when we met, and he kissed my hand and <laughs> greeted. And so he's I, Italian. Yeah. He, yeah, right. No, he's Spanish, <laughs> actually. He's Spanish. He's Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> and so I had a great time with him. And you had Pavarotti. Pavarotti turned out to be a kind of a jerk. <laughs> um, he, one of our crew members put a microphone on him, on his lapel, and yeah. he, he grabbed it and threw it, and he said, I don't wear microphones. And um, we, and yeah, and we put him near a window, so he was kind of side-lit. It was pretty good lighting. Um, he said, I don't sit near windows for, for interviews. And he said, I'm going to sit by this lamp. And it just went downhill from there. He just was very truculent. But yeah. He was a great singer. He didn't kiss your hand, Richard, no. He, he almost bit my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned uh, Jerry Garcia. I have to say, I'm so bad about this, and people, forgive me. I forgot that I had done an interview with Jerry Garcia. <laughs> I was that um, <laughs> I did, until somebody sent me this thing. But I, I saw this on YouTube. What is Jerry Garcia? You're interviewing him, and what is he smoking? And I went, What? Jerry Garcia, I interviewed. So I went on YouTube and there it was. So Jerry Garcia, in my interview with him, is smoking. And then it hit me. Yes, he said he was smoking herbs. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And but you know we have forgotten. I mean, what? Like, I see this wall of yours, Peter, and I yeah. said, Oh, Henry Winkler. I got to interview him and. He Delightful kept, man. Oh, fabulous. He kissed me. Did he kiss you? <laughs> he did not kiss me, but he convinced me to adopt a dog. We have a dog now because Henry Winkler told really? us we needed to get well, a dog. Well, that's his cause. My kids yeah. heard the podcast and were like, we're getting a dog <laughs> because Henry Winkler told me I needed to get a dog. It, what, part of the reason for, for um, you know, it, it's not easy to remember everybody you interviewed is yeah. for this reason. I, I, we actually did the math. On average, we each interviewed five people a week, mm-hmm. 52 weeks a year. That works out to approximately 500 interviews a year. And over our careers, we have interviewed, we have done 10,000 interviews. Wow. 10,000. Right. And you can't, you get really good at interviewing people after 10, your 10, your 9,900th. But we, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if someone said, uh, showed me video of an interview I did and I, that I don't recall. Yeah. I know. I feel like, oh my gosh, I should remember because, you know. Jerry because Garcia. He's a spe- yeah, yeah, Jerry, that's a pretty big name. Yeah. Um, but everybody asks us um, who were who the best people we interviewed, who were the people that we absolutely loved. And and I do have my favorites. I, I will say that. Um, one of the, um, in his heyday, he was the most hated man in America. And that's Larry Hagman because he was on Dallas. Oh, of course, yeah. So the, I, I got to interview the most hated man in America, Larry Hagman, at his home in Malibu. And he was the nicest guy in America. They call him the mayor of Malibu. He took us into his home. He showed me his cane collection. He had a lot of canes. He showed I forgot me his, about that. That's true. <laughs> he that's took right. me up to his closet, his personal closet in their bedroom. And he showed me that in the closet... On the, f- the floor is a direct plexiglass, and they look directly down upon the kitchen. And and, and, <laughs> and then he, he pressed this button. He said, press this button, Jan. I said, okay. Press the button, and the roof retracted because he said, this is a beach house. Oh. And so he was really fun to interview. Who's your favorite? And he was tall. And Yeah, good guy. <laughs> like, so he was one of my yeah. favorite, meanest man in America, I mean, most hated man at the time, was Larry Hagman in Dallas. Who is your favorite? I think... Um, 
generally scientists and astronauts, but uh, Wozniak and Jobs, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you interviewed Steve Jobs? Yes, yeah, yeah a couple you, of times, actually. You were the first um, television. First television interview with Jobs, yeah. Yeah, um, but also people like the f- first man to break the sound barrier, you know, Chuck Yeager. Um, astronauts were my favorite, were really nice. And one of them, um, well, I, I'd have to say anything having to do with Silicon Valley, uh, the Silicon Valley people in, in interviews. But Jobs was prickly. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just a great interview. He would give you great bites. He was right. really good at, at interviewing. Um, yeah, there were... Uh, Entertainers generally not. I think Tom Selleck was. Oh, really yeah. nice. We we interviewed him in London. Yes, that's right. Inter- an interesting thing. Tom Selleck is a big guy too, and he's got these big feet. And at one point, we were sh- he, he was shooting an episode on the streets of London, and we were interviewing him in between takes. And he went. This was the weirdest thing. He had this duffel bag on the set, and he said, "Have you guys been to London before?" And we both said, "Yeah." And he said, "Do you know London very well?" And we said, "Well, no, not, not re-. really." He said, "Let me ask you a question." He goes to the duffel bag. He takes out a pair of brand new pair of bespoke shoes that had never been worn. He said, "The last time I was in London, I had these guys make me these shoes, and I brought them here because I was going to return them because they just do not feel right." And then he, this is Tom <laughs> Selleck. He says. Now I'm having second thoughts. Do you think I should take this back? Is that right? To, to <laughs> and, and he was at the height of his fame, Magnum P.I., yeah. <laughs> and what a nice guy. And to see, and not just the people, but to see and do the things we did. Um, we have traveled on, on, we have great cruise ship stories, but we traveled on the bullet train in Japan and the cruise ships, and um, we got to fly, or I got to fly some exotic aircraft, and we went to... Um, well, you, I think you went into a mine, didn't you? Went to, like a gold mine or something for a story. I mean, we went underground. We went in the air. No, we went above ground, underground. I did climb the frozen waterfall. Yeah, Jan. We did, both yeah. bungee jumped. Yeah, you and, first. And and Jan Jan's bungee jump experience is great because <laughs> at the end of it, there is a sequence. Whoever produced this story did a great job with the editing because the part they didn't leave out is her first attempt. The camera starts rolling on her, and she's sitting there, and she does a countdown. And she does the three, two, two one. one. And I'm going, one more time. <laughs> so she did, so she I didn't hesit- jump. I know. So then they have to cut me down again, and then, then I jump. And hesitating. But- and, um, and the ice climbing, I've never gone ice climbing, but ice climbing is really hard. It's really tough. It's a frozen waterfall, and you're, yeah. you know, you've got these and I got to do it. on. But you climbed to the top of the Transamerica Pyramid. Yes, and my business card is there. <laughs> did, did you know that people who get to go up to the top where that red light is, yeah. um, it's such a trip. They, they leave little, like, greeting, calling cards That's there. a good story. Yes. And I'm going to follow up on that. You should go up there you and look. You should go up. Maybe story we could do a idea. podcast. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Oh, look, I knew I was going to get story ideas from you guys. <laughs> and the other thing you have to do, Peter, is you have uh-huh. to go to the top of the Golden Gate Bridge Tower. Uh-huh. You, you go to, um, I went to the south you know, the towers, mm-hmm. you go to the South Tower, and there's an elevator to the top. Which will hold only like two people. Two people in the elevator. elevator. It's a tiny elevator. So you have to go, and you can go up to the very top, and then you have to climb, you know, one there, more. There's a ladder. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. ladder. And then you look down because there's a grate. And so you look down, and you can see all these cars, these tiny itty-bitty cars, like, going across the Golden Gate Bridge. But that is a good story. You can do a first-person Look, we can feature other stories. I got to ask you guys. These are s- all great memories. Do the tapes still exist? Oh, oh there's a story. 
Yeah. Oh no, Where you do we this doesn't look that. good. Yeah. No, all right, I'm imagine sorry. all of oh, the stuff no. we've been talking about. If there there was some archive someplace that had every single episode and every tape on it. Yeah. At one time, they all existed, but without. Um, I don't want to go into too many details, but after the show ended, the company Westinghouse that produced our show before it became CBS, CBS bought Westinghouse, they inherited all of our video, all the tapes of all of our shows, and they didn't know what to do with them. And I'll just oh. leave it there. A lot of, we, we have personal collections. Jan has some, I have some. Were you able to get some of the key interviews? Y- yeah, yeah, we have yeah. we have some of our key interviews, and, and other producers have some key interviews. So yeah. the Jerry Garcia uh, interview that went on YouTube, yeah. that producer put it up on YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so some stories are still A lot there. of it. So we're not quite sh- neither of us knows which ones exist and which don't anymore. I yeah. mean, we just don't know where they are, but we know we have some of them. But, uh, yeah, it's I would love to have a collection of all of them. Well, I got a few fan questions. Oh, um, bring it on, Peter. So... What were the parties like? The evening magazine parties. I'm I'm just imagining you guys. Well, like, I burned my wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Sh- yes, he did. Like, he uh, wore a wedding dress actually. Cheftel, the Phantom Diner, Captain <laughs> Carrot, all and Johnny after hours. Johnny Dragons after yes, hours. Yes, yes, yes. So we were known for our parties. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, we had parties. You're not going to be part of our team and 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 do it every single day uh-huh. you you know without having parties so we did have parties and we would always have costume parties we can't just have regular <laughs> oh come true. and yeah, have a few yeah. cocktails you know forget yeah. that idea <laughs> everybody had to come and there was always a theme so um one it was Paul Collardo's wedding or, was one party. Yeah, yeah. No, but the one that you came in the wedding dress. That was I came as the bride. Yes, you came as the bride. <laughs> you came as a bride. Yes. So I had this party at my house, and you came. When he says he was coming as a bride, Peter Richard came dressed in a white wedding gown <laughs> with the veil on. Unfortunately, and so somebody was getting married, so we were going to have this, you know, a bachelor bachelorette party at my house, and he came and. Um, Jan and, had candles on uh-huh. a table, and I backed my veil into, into one of, yeah, one of so. the candles, and, and the rest went up. And then we had an, another party where um, one of our camera people came as Elvis, and then the, the band and played. And he was good. He was good, right. He so it turns good. out a lot of people in, on the show were were musicians, too. So we had this band. Um, Lou Worth was on the drums, remember? Yeah, yeah. Bo Keller, I think, played guitar. Anyways, yeah. and then um, Mondo sang. We had a band. He came as Elvis. Yeah. And then we had another party. Somebody was leaving the show, and so we had a funeral. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought a real casket. <laughs> we, what? We a went real, all out for these yeah, parties. Yeah, yeah. real casket. Um, you know, paraded it into my house. Oh, we had... We had yeah, we had great parties. You mentioned nostalgia earlier. We had one party, going away party for one of our editors. I think it was Lisa. I'll recall her name in a minute. But um, I had video games put into the, the garage. Uh, and the garage had Space Invaders, Asteroids. Are these names sounding familiar? <laughs> and so for this party, everybody played video games. Now, at the time, it doesn't sound like a big deal now, but at the time, video games were huge and um we just there had to be a theme yeah you can't just come to a party and you know okay bring bring food no 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 had to be a theme (laughs) and you had to come in costume 
or you know you were just out. we highly recommend it for your next yeah, party I, yeah i'm just laughing because i was watching this was the only show my parents let me watch you know i mean really well, I mean, was I, evening I, magazine yeah i mean oh, we love your if parents. i was in trouble i could all if i was grounded i could still watch evening magazine you know this was the <laughs> I, I won't call it wholesome but it was this educational thoughtful and it is and you were having keggers in wedding dresses <laughs> well <laughs> and caskets come into a party casket at the evening magazine yeah. Let's see. Was there ever a scandal? Um, was there ever a scandal? I don't I'm not think sure. so. Nobody ever got arrested, um, pulled over for speeding, maybe, but that's about it. Um, you guys, you must have gotten recognized a lot. Was there a point where you kind of knew that this show was? Well, let me tell you about recognition. There is a phenomenon when you're somebody who is recognized easily on television because of a program. There's something that'll happen that doesn't happen to anybody. It, 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 you uncover this truth. We were in the courtyard at the Kremlin, and Jan and I were in front of the camera. We were preparing to do our little bit at the Kremlin. And on the other side, there's a couple who shout out, hey, Jan. And we realized, and this, then this happened in England, it happened elsewhere. Um, Bay Area residents at that time, and this might still be true today, yeah. are more passport holders than any other city in the country, even New York. More people in the Bay Area hold passports, and they travel. And we got to see that people from the Bay Area are everywhere, They're, you know, China, Russia, and so on. And the only way you can tell that is if they recognize you and say it. So we had people shouting out from the Bay Area, uh, revealing to us that, wow, there's a lot of people from home around here. At the Kremlin. At the Kremlin, yeah. 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 It, was, yeah. it was fun. It's fun. And, you know, I have to say, it's always nice that people will come up to us and say love your show um you know thanks thanks for showing us this place and thanks for doing and and for me that's that was really reward in itself yeah yeah but remember once we were walking the streets of san francisco and these homeless people homeless guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, hi jan hi richard <laughs> yeah. and and you said that's our audience right there. <laughs> we're, you know, looking for the TV in the tent. I don't know what. Yeah, I know, that but it, but that, and then we got yeah. a lot of mail from people in prison in Alcatraz, San Quentin. Yep, yep, yep. Jan yep, got yep. marriage proposals from guys. Got a lot, of, and yeah. and back then, Peter, Peter, people had to write you a letter. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like email. Yeah. Yeah. They had to write letters and... This might be a good point to point out that people listening so far might think that um, Jan and I are living in the past in those TV days. Yeah. But Jan has actually kept our department at Academy of Art University on the cutting edge of media, everything new in media, um, drones, virtual reality, all that stuff. So um, we started out in a pioneering TV show and yeah. did year television years ago. But we're in the thick of it today and really appreciative that you're doing a podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We talked the about times. it. We talked about it. I mean, my job has changed so much. And people, you know, why are you doing it? Self-preservation. I mean, I want to. I, I love my job. I want to keep being a journalist. And, and then what I've realized over time is that these tools are helpful. Um, they're not. It's not that there's this radical change going on in journalism. It's that we're getting a bunch of new tools, and that's a good thing. It's a good way to look at it, yeah. What, it, what department head, correct, Jan? And professor, I think it, it's so awesome that you guys are working together. The official name of the department we recently changed to reflect what these in these days of modern times is media, and it's communications and media. Technologies. Yeah. Yes, and Richard was in on 
the, you know, I mean, I will tell you when when I first got this gig as being the department chair of the communicate at the time it was multimedia communications. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. First call I made was to Richard, and I said, "I need your help." <laughs> and he said, "I'm going to help you." And we you know we commiserated together about what the name should be, and then you gave us the you know what it should be yeah. the three the three things the three pillars. First, of, first thing I said was you don't want to call it the broadcast school. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, yes, and that was out. No, and um, and we're sort of stru- well the three words um, short form. It has to be absolutely short form video. And it has to be hands-on, where people actually use the equipment. And then um, it also has to be, I forgot the third Cutting one. edge. Cutting edge, yeah. yeah. We have to be on the, we, always, where always students are going to be two years from now. And we have maintained that, I think. It's, it's really, and you should appreciate this, it's really hard to figure out what should we be doing? What are, what are young people today going to be hired to do? It's, and it's changing so rapidly. Are you learning from them? Oh my from- gosh, aren't we? We are learning from them. And, you know, and, and that's the beauty about where we are now. We get to not just educate the next generation, the Generation Z, the I- I-Gens. I-Gens, your, your son's age. But we get to learn from them, and we get to, he- you know, for, for instance, we're here with newspaper. And, you know, I, I want it to be you. I want it to be a newspaper reporter. I want mm. my byline. That was the only thing I thought of. Well, this. you were a newspaper reporter I was, for a while. But, yeah. you know, because I didn't see back in my day, I didn't see anybody who looked like me on TV. So I thought, well, I could, I could do this. Um, but, you know, our students are not buying newspapers. They're not reading the paper. Yeah. They're not doing it. And I love the feel of reading the paper. I mean, this is why I swiped. She actually has. Yeah, I mean, I just love the feel. But that just shows you my age. Uh, So we have to find ways in which to entice our students to get involved in the news. And they don't even want to call it news. I I said in a meeting, and it was before Audrey, the editor before Audrey. Audrey gets the digital thing. She pushes it. I said in a meeting with a bunch of people with the editor there, I don't get the newspaper because I read it online. I mean, and, and at that point, it was the beginning of Twitter and Facebook. I was having it curated. I was self-curating my news, and I pay for a, I pay for a Chronicle digital subscription. I got the Sunday paper for a while. I still like will buy the Sunday paper when I know I have time, but I read things digitally. I, believe me, I, I know where it's going, you know, and I've always felt like it's kind of like get out the lifeboats, but that it's not over. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, to what extent are you teaching entirely new things? And to what extent do those old values, sort of those pioneering values that you had when you started working together, how much of that is lingering around in, in your instruction? Well, just I, I just want to say one thing, though. What has not ever and will not go away is the ability to tell a good story mm-hmm. and if that's something that we can teach and teach you well then we've done our job tell a good story that was really the backbone of evening magazine why people because we told you a story there was a beginning a middle and an end mm-hmm. and that is something that i hope will never go away is to tell a good story and then you know to if you're going to write it write it well yeah, writing is, uh, well, this is not news to anybody who is in the media business, that the quality of writing of students from all schools, uh, all universities, is not where it should be. It's been going down for years. And writing is, it's hard to find a good writer these days. Um, but to Jan's point about storytelling, um, the movie Smoke, 
I highly recommend anybody listening to this get the movie Smoke. What we tell students is, with all the special effects in Hollywood and with all of the surround sound and the virtual reality, you will never beat one person sitting across from a table, uh, across from another person at a table or a campfire and just telling a story. That's the fundamental. And if you look at, I remember seeing Wayne Wang's, just Chinatown brilliant director from San Francisco, did this movie called Smoke. And Harvey Keitel. Um, Forrest Whitaker's in it, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, Harvey, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that And film. Will Hurt. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, Harvey Keitel and Will Hurt rent the movie, Netflix it, whatever you, you can. Smoke is the movie. The last 10 minutes of the movie, Harvey Keitel is sitting across the table from Will Hurt, and he puts out his cigarette, stuffs it, and he says, last Christmas, just before Christmas, this kid comes into the store. He, was, he operated a cigar store, and he says, and he had this backpack on, so I was kind of suspicious. I was just getting ready to close up, and I was watching this kid. Harvey Keitel talks for five minutes. The camera never leaves him. It's just those two guys talking. And in the th- I saw it in a movie theater. You could hear a pin drop. The audience was on the edge of their seats listening to a guy talking. But he was such a good storyteller. It was such a good story that I thought to myself, God, I wish I could do that. And, you know, it, you can spice it up with quick cut editing and, you know, surround sound. Every, no, it's just tell a story. And what we're trying to do is get those stories out of college students and have them learn to use tools to help them tell the story. And it, but it always starts with just tell me your story. Before you start shooting any video or audio or whatever, tell me what the story is. And if the story ain't good, nothing else is going to be good. But you're right. We do have them use the tools because yeah, tools, yeah. you know, it's available. I and mean, so why not know how to edit electronically? And why not know how to shoot well? And you can use shoot with your Snapchat phone. and Instagram right. and social media and, and blogs and, and have your own website because now you can. So those are the tools that we will teach students today um, what you need. And, you know, because years ago, you know, people, the first students that came in, you know, we've been together 10 years at this university. Uh, I can't believe that. Yeah. So, right? yeah. And we, we looked at each other the other night and I went, oh, my gosh, 10 years ago. It's our 10th anniversary. Yes. Um, this fall, we started together. Uh, but use the tools. And I remember 10 years ago, people would come in and Richard said, okay, we're going to teach everybody editing. And at the time, it was Final Cut. And people said, oh, editing? Okay, I can do that. You know, pen and pencil? Mm-hmm. You know, no. I mean, and now, you know, nobody asks about pen and pencil. They know it's going to be on the computer. And, you know, there are different well, ways well, to tell stories. Keep in mind, stories. at that time, you're telling about, for the first couple of years, imagine, there's this media department shooting video and audio. iPhone didn't exist. I remember. Oh, you're right. It didn't exist yet. I remember the first time someone brought a laptop in one of my classes. It was toward the end of my college career. And I thought, that guy's showing off. He's like, <laughs> he's just trying to like impress yeah. the ladies, you know, with his laptop. And the... now, you know, if you don't bring a laptop in a Chronicle meeting, everybody's kind of like, whoa, You're not who's, serious. who's that dinosaur? Yeah. yeah. That's the challenge moving forward is how do you tell a good story, but use all the tools you have available, including podcasting, Peter. <laughs> Excellent. And earn a living. <laughs> At so, it, yeah. I got to back up. Drones? Yes, have, we are using Tell me about your drones. drone program. Richard is, uh, you know, well, he's a pilot, a real pilot, but he's also a drone pilot, too. You know, you can buy them at 
you can go to Walgreens and buy a little, you know, $15 drone and so on. But we're, we're talking about is professionally, there is so much you have to know about how to do a shot with a drone, uh, to circle or to rotate the drone. There are FAA regulations that prevent you from shooting around a ball game, for instance, and, or an airport. And so this is stuff you need to learn, and we teach it at a college level, and all the FAA regulations and everything else. And the drone, they, every student who starts the course gets a drone. I mean, it's part of the course. It's a little baby drone about you know the size of a, a saucer. But they work their way up to the big guys, the big professional drones. And in the course of doing that, uh, I think they learn enough to earn a job as a drone photographer. I think, do you have a drone, by the way? I don't, but my, this is, <laughs> my nephew, who is 14 years old, has a drone. He has a couple of drones. He's making money shooting for real estate agencies. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. Police departments, fire departments. He's, he's got a good business. I don't want to ask him how much he's making because, you know, at the point that he surpasses me at age 15 <laughs> or 16. But, uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, I know it's a it's I want to make sure he has a certificate, a Part 107 and, certificate. And we have a FAA. drone photographer on our photo staff. Uh, we have Herb the Drone and uh, after Herb Kane. And uh, Herb the Drone <laughs> is piloted uh, by uh, Santiago Mejia. So, uh, okay, so it's, it's so a thing. So it's a thing. Yeah, no, yeah. we know, and, and it's something like I kind of, I'm working on podcasting. I'm doing some other new stuff here at the Chronicle, but I would love to learn drone photography Dude, drone po- the first drone podcast yeah um, one of our instructors <laughs> recently was named uh, what was the official t- uh, un- UAS yeah. woman of the year or something yeah like there's that. a the international organization of um, unmanned aerial systems uh-huh. vehicles this is the drone organization they have an annual convention in Las Vegas in September and she's going to get an award for I, I think it's really person of the year in drones which is Wow, that's quite an honor. So there are things you can do in droning that go way beyond what you can do with the toys that you might get at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it can lead to a fabulous job. Look at your 14-year-old nephew. And, Speaking yeah. about hope and youth, so many of the students going in, not just our school, but schools around yeah. the country today, dream that their job is going to be YouTube star. Oh, That's wow. how they're going to make a million dollars. And so they often ask our instruct- editing instructors and, and our shooting instructors and so on, yeah, yeah, that's great, but how can I use this to be a YouTube star? And that's, is that journalism? What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think it's changing, so I'm really scared to say what is and isn't journalism. My kids are the same way. I mean, they're much more impressed if I have a tweet that goes viral than if I'm interviewing, <laughs> you know, if I'm yeah. interviewing The Rock. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it, 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 there's there's a different set of standards. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just try to keep an open mind because there are things that that I did, you know, whether it was journalism or even before that um, interests that I had when I was a kid that people thought were dangerous or arcade games. Those stand-up arcade Space Invader games are going to turn us all into zombies. Dungeons and Dragons. If you play that, you'll become psychotic. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff like that. You have to be able to earn a living. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to earn a living doing Evening Magazine for all, all those many years. And it wasn't just a job. We got to do all that stuff. So what I'd like to do is instill in students the desire to do that stuff, go to other countries, um, um, explore other viewpoints, other lifestyles, other cultures, and so on, and the way we did. And um, it's you're not going to travel around the world unless you're – well, I almost mentioned – 
Anthony Bourdain, but um, that type of show is something else that our students want to do. A lot of them say, I want to do a travel show. Travel show, food, anything with food, entertainment, Uh sports are big. But I think if people can simply tell good stories in anything, in food, in entertainment, in sports, that's going to get you places. And, you know, if you're a YouTube star and you can tell a good story, great. If somebody were doing Evening Magazine, what we were doing today, they would be doing it in chunks just that way. I mean, you could replicate what we did. You could go to the Kremlin and do a little podcast from there. You could, do, you know, stream it on Facebook. Um, you could go ice climbing. You probably wouldn't get into the homes of celebrities the way we did. That's not very easy. But I think once you become popular on YouTube, People would talk to you know famous people would talk to you, so you could replicate what we did today using new tools. Um, do you show your students Evening Magazine? Do they know about it? You know, you know, people <laughs> ask a good, good question. I don't think that students, you know, no. And the answer, the quick answer to your question is no. We don't show them what we did, because you know what they know. I yeah. mean, they. Before they even come, they've researched you. They, you know, Google us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, and they know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't, we don't want to live in the past. So, no, we don't show clips of what we did. Um, you know, we, we, they get it. They yeah. know. Sometimes something like the 10th anniversary show will inspire them. They'll get inspired by seeing the wide variety and excitement and everything you can do. But I think most of them today... Um, aren't really broadcast-oriented. They, they don't watch TV. I mean, they don't watch a broadcast television show yeah. as much as they just watch their phones or, or Netflix or YouTube or something. So um, what we did then wouldn't impress them, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, and I don't think it's about us. It's I think it's about, you know, what we can educate, this, this, the things that we've learned about or hear and, and use our experience to then up their games and uh-huh. and that to me is the greatest thing not so much what we did because what they're going to do is more important to me as an instructor but gone are the days when you think radio when i was doing radio on kfrc the big 610 back in the dr. 70s don. dr don rose dr donald and, d rose yeah. uh you know you had the big tower and you know you know our radio urbanizeradio.com our college radio station i mean the, the actual radio station comes in a little box, and that's the radio station right there. And it's streamed. And, yeah. it, and you stream it Oh, live. I, I fit all this in a suitcase. I, I yeah, Two yeah. of these interviews, I've done 40 the big events, and 38 of them have been in this room. But two of them, um, on one, lo- was, on location. one was Henry Winkler, and the other one was Jordan Peele, who directed Get Out. Yeah, he was yeah. at Pixar. Love that movie. I really wanted to talk to him. He was at Pixar. I can fit all this in a suitcase. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything, the mics included. The mics are actually the biggest Now, thing. our question for you is, when are you going to do a video podcast? Well, I do Facebook Live, and I do a lot of video. I shot video before I did the podcast. I, I had a video series. Um, I'm going to tell you two real quick, because I'm interviewing you. But uh, <laughs> We want to know. Uh, one of them was uh, when my children were very little, all of their toys talked, and I did a video series where I tracked down the people who did the voices of all my son's toys, <laughs> including one in L.A. We did a road trip, so that was one. I did another one, and both of these were very short-lived because at the time the Chronicle didn't really want videos, so I was kind of doing it on my own time. The other one, I went back and delivered my old paper route in Burlingame, my Chronicle paper route, 
had Chronicle Circulation drop 60 papers in front of the house I grew up in and then tried by memory to deliver my old paper. Wow. And then I t- while I was doing it, I told a story about and this newspapers. And it was video. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I affixed a a GoPro video yeah, on, onto my bike. Yeah, and then yeah. I had a friend shooting with me, my friend Isaac. And then we turned that into a series, very short-lived. We did a couple where we had people who are current Chronicle readers tell us about their paper route, and we dropped papers off in front of the house they grew up in. Little weird because you know you no, can't I do it on it. the porch. Someone else lives there now. Yeah, yeah, but, but I, then it, I think that's a good story. But it was yeah. it was a storytelling. You series. have some good ideas. Yeah, yeah, it was a storytelling series, and I, I'm thinking about bringing that one back. I, I actually, you know. I like the idea of people talking about the Chronicle as a way to talk about Bay Area history because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good for us from a marketing point of view, but it's also a good entry into history. It's a touchstone. Yeah. yeah. You should do that series. I did it. I did three but of them, but it was, it I did it like 10 years ago and we didn't want video and we want video now. So I think I'm going to bring it back. You bring it back. Me. Bring Henry, it back. Henry Winkler inspired me to get a dog. Jan Yanahiro inspired me to go back out and deliver papers, papers again. again. And tell stories and, and interview the people and hear their stories. Yeah. And, and that could be your series. Yeah. I got evening magazine um, party information. You guys threw ragers. Uh, I got a lot of stories. We heard. We talked about journalism. We talked about the next generation. I have one last question. The Evening Magazine theme song, I've been listening to it on YouTube, and my blood pressure just drops. I mean, that whole intro. <laughs> when's the last time you've watched the Evening Magazine intro or heard the theme song? Oh, oh gosh. I... Wait, but, but we had several. We had several. I know you did. Yeah. So are you talking the first one, the last one, the 10th anniversary? I, let's go, like, like, let's go... 70 let's go early Richard Hart Jan Yanahiro era 79 to 81 believe it or not with the van with I don't the even van think, the coming I'm, in I don't yeah. think Jan even knows this somehow after the show ended I ended up with the master audio tapes of all the theme music I have them you on, have on, it? on this huge oh reel, my gosh huge tape reel I have the tape you gotta, you gotta make yeah. a loop I have to digitize this. it yeah. Yeah. digitize yeah. make a loop and yeah. we'll play it around I, I haven't pulled it out in years but it's there I have well, I, I'm going to suggest you go home and listen to it. And, okay. Um, Wait, why does your pressure, blood pressure drop? Does that mean it's bad? No, it means it chills me out. It brings me to a happy place. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's oh, a compliment. That's, oh. No, my blood pressure happy drops. Happy to help. Oh, yeah. Happy to help. <laughs> yeah, it's good for me. It's like I don't even need a low-sodium diet. I just put on the <laughs> evening magazine theme. You sh- we should have brought the theme music for you for this podcast. <laughs> I know. We could have played it for you. Yeah. Oh, it's been played. Okay. I, I, okay. In post-production, <laughs> believe me, I've gotten the music. Okay. Ahead. All right. Thank you so much for coming. I hope I can have you back again. We can talk a little more about journalism. Um, I know we did a lot of memory lane, but... Um, I just, I really appreciate you guys. I This is just a double, triple OG Bay Area podcast, and you two just represent a really positive part of the Bay Area for me. And I love the fact that you're still working together, and I love that you're working together in the 21st century, and it's not a big nostalgia thing. I mean, that you're still in journalism and pushing it forward. So Well, uh, we're yeah. flattered that you asked. Exactly. And if you need more stories and more people to interview, we'll get them for you. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Jan and Rich. Thank you. Darling, it's 2 a.m. It's time for closing. The cops, they're all sideways. And I think Aaron's You are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you to my guests, Jan Yanahiro and Richard Hart. Executive producer is Fernando Diaz, and our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. 
Our music is The Tide Will Rise by the Sunset Shipwrecks off their album Community. I also want to thank Steve Durgin and William French who have uploaded a lot of the evening magazine videos onto YouTube. The theme music and some of the interviews in this podcast episode came from their channels. Be sure to check them out. Read our columns and subscribe to The Chronicle at www.sfchronicle.com. San Francisco Chronicle podcasts are on Apple Podcasts and other streaming services. Listen at www.sfchronicle.com slash podcasts with an S.